This is Transmission, a bilingual digital marketing podcast presented by AlphaCo Marketing and Media. Hello and welcome to Transmission. I'm joined today by my esteemed colleague, Juan Pablo Osorio. Really excited to have you back for yet another episode, Juan Pablo. How are you doing today? Man, I'm very aesthetic. So excited to talk about Google My Business. This is something that I think is highly underrated, but highly valuable, and excited for all the listeners out there for to gain some value. Man, me too. And I've I just got to say how much I've enjoyed these conversations. Moving forward, we are going to have some other guests, but it's really been such a treat to get together with you, you know, every week or so to record a podcast, hear a little bit about how things are going in, in your life and, and just staying in touch and talking about digital marketing together. I think that's been one of the real joys of the last several months working with you, Juan Pablo. Yeah, I feel like we should have been doing this four years ago, but I'm glad we're getting started now. Absolutely. Absolutely. What were we doing when we met back? Back in, you know, <laughs> back in Houston all those years ago, why weren't we recording a pod back then? We should have been. You're right. <laughs> yes, yes. Well, what's going on with you this week? What have you been up to since we last spoke? What's on, on your agenda? Anything exciting, work or, or personal life related? Man, just uh, coaching this flag football team has been exciting, uh, interesting. It was so hot over the weekend. We got beat 35 to 12. But uh, we have one more game for the final coming up next weekend, and hopefully we can redeem ourselves. Yeah, that's exciting. I, I have to say that when you say flag football to me now, like uh, before this job, I would have thought about flag football. And now all I think about is like local high school, middle school marketing and how there's probably somebody who's like advertising or has a sign up at these junior high games for pictures or for sign making or whatever, because they're always there. And like funnily enough, High schools, middle schools, like local football leagues are a great way to do local marketing. Not something we talk about a lot because it's not digital per se, but you see so much of that. And I I think it's really cool because you can engage with your local community that way, which definitely fits nicely in our conversation. Yeah, I have a buddy who does a college placement for uh, high school students. Oh, cool. And he used to go to golf tournaments, but he figured out going to equestrian events is the place to go for him. (laughs) <laughs> oh, interesting. Oh, that's really cool. That's really interesting. You know, I so my wife is a physician and she's about to go into practice and she'll be working for a hospital, so a different situation. But we've talked about it and like if she were to start her own practice, basically one of the things she would do is just go hang out at football games on a Friday. Um, like pick a high school football team and go hang out there because that's where you meet a lot of people and that's where a lot of injuries happen, right? And so you can start building a practice just by engaging in your community. And oftentimes, at least in Texas, communities are centered around football. Yes, yes, uh, definitely. I am uh, scared for my son, but I, I'm working on getting him strong. But yeah, it's interesting how all these kids play without there being a like a backup plan other than the ambulance part nearby. Oh, <laughs> what happened? <laughs> Kids are, kids are tough, man. Kids are tough. One last aside, and then we'll start talking about Google My Business here. But I think you and I are both the age where, um, you know, either we or our friends are starting to have more kids. And so I'm going over to friends' houses all the time, and they've got like one-year-olds. And they, you know, do you want to hold them? I'm like, I mean, I guess, but kind of I'm scared. And like I say this stuff, and all they tell me is they look at me and they look at the kid like, you know what? Kids are tough. We've seen this kid fall. We've seen this kid hit his head. Like we try and keep eyes on him as much as we can, but they hurt themselves. And you know what? They fix themselves real quick. Yeah, although you don't want to drop a friend's kid, man. <laughs> no, right, right. That's exactly like, dude, I don't like, what am I doing? It's like hot potato over here. But they like, no, it's, you'll be fine. 
Um, all right. So let's let's dive into to this week's topic. This week, I think we wanted to really focus on Google My Business, which is something that I think people should know about, but we want to dive a little bit deeper into it because we've seen the importance of this tool grow a great deal um, just since we started AlphaCo. So Juan Pablo, why don't you tell us a little bit about you know what is Google My Business? You know what are some of the features? What all can you do with it? Okay, so. Google My Business, imagine a social media platform for businesses, the most important and permanent social media platform for businesses. And why do I call it a social media platform? Because that's exactly what it is, but it's integrated with maps. You can make a business profile, have its logo, its photos, information. You even have posts, reviews, insights, you can get analytics from it and you can engage with your customers. So if there's a social media platform for businesses, that is Google My Business, my friends. I love hearing you describe it as a social media platform for businesses because I think that that just hits hits the nail on the head. You know, we've done traditional social media. We've worked with Instagram. We've worked with Facebook, etc. And they all have a time and a place. But if you are a business and you're spending resources on say Facebook, but not Google My Business. Well, we've got a conversation to have with you because Google My Business is where you should be devoting that that time and energy. Tell me a little bit more about it. Like what are some of the real benefits of using Google My Business? Yeah, so Google My Business is the low hanging fruit for businesses on the internet. And why is it a low hanging fruit? Because just by having a profile, there is so many benefits that come with it from SEO, search engine optimization being optimized. It's like you have a profile, you're already on Google because Google owns Google My Business. You're going to have leads. People, when searching your business near your location, you're going to have already localized SEO. You can actually get freebies from it like you can set up a free website for your google my business profile so it's a very low-hanging fruit that google puts high in its ranking so if i can tell you something for low effort low budget low time to set up but you get the most in return the first thing would be google my business and then we can build on that i think that's really 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 sage yeah like what you're saying is that it's you know it may not do the most, right? A Google My Business may not be better than a $100,000 ad budget. But if you're talking about how can I get the most for the least, Google My Business is the ticket, right? It's the thing that you can spend the least amount of, let's say, money. If you're doing it well, you're going to spend an amount of time on it. But in either case, the input to output ratio is much better with Google My Business than almost any other platform that we work with. Yes, yes. An example of this is there's businesses who have been running a community for 30 years, but they don't have Google My Business or reviews. And here comes a business opening its doors, first year in business, but they set up a Google My Business and they start getting reviews. Basically to the internet, the strongest business is the one that has a profile, not the one that's been around for 30 years. I want to kind of interject a really fascinating statistic is that 97% of people learn more about their local communities online than anywhere else. And so what you're kind of illustrating with that example is something that I've been been trying to say for a while, but I think people are really just now, you know, coming to terms with, which is that local no longer just means local and the internet is no longer just national. When I started using the internet, I maybe went to ESPN. I maybe checked out a cut like Craigslist or a couple of other like big nationwide or even borderless type of websites, right? 
And now what I do, what you do, what every consumer does is like, what am I gonna eat for dinner tonight? Well, I don't wanna go more than 10 minutes from my house, but I don't want the same thing I had last night either. So where do I go? I either go to Google and say best food near me or pull up my map and just type in food. Both of those are searches that are pegged to Google My Business. Yes, you can do a lot of work with your website to help guide people there, but both of those kind of human behaviors are directly tied to Google My Business, which is one of the reasons why it's so important. It's right there at the decision-making point, that point of inflection for consumers. Yes, and you know, the word Google My Business is, might seem a little foreign to most, but it's just a profile that lives within Google Maps, Google Search, and even Google Voice Assistant. So the way to set up that profile is called Google My Business, but the user goes to Google Maps or goes to the Google search bar, or just as, hey Google, I want the best Thai food near me. And if you set up on Google My Business, then you will be on the running for the options to be considered. Right. And one of the cool things about Google My Business is let's say SEO follows Google's traditional algorithm where you're getting organic results from a keyword that you type in. Google basically looks at that keyword, says, what do people like the most when others have typed in this keyword? Let's reserve that result, right? What Google My Business allows you to do is almost cheat the algorithm a little bit because Google will use a little bit of a tangent, but years ago when Bing first came out, the whole, the revolutionary idea behind the first Bing was customized or tailored results. Well, that's basically what Google My Business allows you to do. It allows Google to have its organic results, but then it also allows Google to serve a Google My Business or uh, something called the, the three pack, which is where basically Google is using kind of AI instead of its traditional SEO algorithm to provide results that it thinks you're gonna like the most. So if I say food, Google knows where I live and Google might even know that I personally have clicked on the last three, let's say Thai food places I went to. So now it might serve me the Google My Business for a nice Thai food place. Google does not do that same level of learning or thinking for a traditional SEO result. And so you're really missing out on a way to leapfrog your competitors if you aren't using Google My Business. Yes, yes, it also has a machine learning. So it's taking into consideration your history, your likes. For example, I have on my Google Maps, I have already favorite restaurants. So when I start searching, it knows I like halal food. So it gives me results that consider that. And it's learning your behaviors, making a customized uh, results based on your history, based on your location. And if I go to a new city, it takes all of that with it. And it gives me recommendations based on customized recommendations based on what I like. It even tells you a percentage. Like when you look at a business, you will say you're, this is like 98% close to what you like. Absolutely. Or, or 50 or 30. You know, something that like I was thinking of and that I saw before is that 50% of searches now have some sort of local intent. So if we're really thinking about how is Google even working today, it's like half and half. It's half of the traditional SEO, but it's half of these more customized results that we're talking about where people, they may not even be looking for like best Thai food near me from an SEO standpoint, because what's that going to serve you in like the traditional Google sense? It's going to probably serve you that restaurant we talked about last week who literally named their restaurant best Thai food near me, right? But if you look at their Google My Business, that's going to give you something local to you that is really going to meet your needs. One of the things I talk about a lot when I speak with people 
people is this idea of the marketing funnel. And it's this idea that you like start broad and then you get more narrow. And so you start out with raising awareness to people. The next thing you do after you've raised awareness is tell them a little bit more about yourself. And then the next thing you do after you tell them a little bit more about yourself is actually try and convert them to become like a client or a customer, right? And one of the things I'm hearing as we talk about Google My Business that I think is really powerful is it's it's also skipping the first two parts of that funnel. It's skipping the raising awareness. It's skipping the telling them about yourself. Google is assuming a lot of that information and serving your data to a consumer at the decision point. So at kind of the point of that funnel, which is really, really exciting to me. And then the next half of that and what I love to talk about is reviews. But Juan Pablo, like, tell me a little bit more about the review piece of Google My Business. Like, how do people use it? Is it valuable? What do you see there? Reviews out of this low-hanging fruit is probably the sweetest part of the fruit. If you have the most reviews in your area, Google considers you the biggest business. So even if there's a competitor who has 10 times your revenue, but you have 10 times the amount of reviews that they do, you're going to be considered and you might be able to take most of the market share. So reviews is a great way for businesses and customers alike to engage with the business. There's ways for businesses to set up. First, you got to claim a profile. There's a way to claim, verify your listing. Google will send a letter to your address with the numbers that you have to plug in on the Google My Business platform. Once you claim and verify your profile, it allows you to answer to reviews. Now on the customer side, whether they're at the cleaners, a restaurant or a local body shop, they're able to pull up Google Maps and leave a review, whether it's from one star to five star. Of course, as a business owner, we want five stars. And if as consumers shop, it's a common theme in behavior that they would compare businesses based on reviews. Who has the 5.0? Who has 4.5? Who has 3.0? Right. Uh, so one thing I, from the business side perspective is you want to have more positive reviews than negative. But even negative reviews, you should respond to in a lifeful way because... Imagine you're responding not just to the person who left the negative review, but you're responding to everybody that is considering your business that will read that one-star review. How do you respond to it? How do you treat that customer? Do you have good customer care? Do you have empathy? And usually the pretty good responses to negative reviews live off with saying, we would love to make this up. Contact us. This is management. This is the phone number. Right. And that builds credibility with those users who are using reviews to make a purchasing consideration and also allowing them, you know, I, I have a profile on my phone that Google has a profile that if you leave a lot of reviews, they start giving you points. I'm like at level five out of 10 or something like this. Yeah, I knew a girl who, who got started getting invited to like grand openings because she was a power user. So, uh, you know, we're a little bit more from that side of things, but exactly. It, Google does incentivize this infrastructure of reviewing reviewers and reviewees. Yeah. Some of the other benefits of these reviews is you can learn more about the interest. And it's like imagine a survey with if you're doing something really good, you should see it on the reviews. I love that customer service. I love how this employee treated me. But also, if there's something off with your mm -hmm. business from a management perspective, you can also look at those reviews and see it as a way to increase 
how your business efficiency is going or maybe you know at the doctor offices like we were looking for a doctor office recently and you can see on the reviews oh the front lady is very mean and it makes you not want to go there right 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 <laughs> and it's like is anybody paying attention to these profiles because obviously you have five different people talk about front lady so mm -hmm. and she's still there and nobody's been right <laughs> so as like pay attention it's not just like It's like a survey. You could treat it as a survey to see how you can improve your business over time. Absolutely. You know, digging into reviews a little bit further, there is there's a couple of things that I want to talk about because I do think it's really important. One, internally, we have a couple of benchmarks that we tell people we talk to, which is you want to be above four and a half stars and you want to be above 100 reviews. Those are kind of like our two key benchmarks for what a consumer is going to look at. And a consumer is going to say, all right, I, I trust this business because they're over four and a half stars and they have this many reviews. You know, funnily enough, you almost don't want five stars. If you have five stars and 2000 reviews, I mean, congratulations, that is excellent. But oftentimes when we see five stars, people almost trust it less because they think that somebody's gamed the system somehow. So like the four and a half to like 4.8, 4.9 range is really the, the sweet spot with as many reviews as you can get. The next thing that I always say, and I, I really like to think about when I think of review manage and the benefits there, or even a Google My Business, I should say, is when I talk about that funnel, as you generate more reviews, you are actually increasing the amount that A, people will hear about you and B, the number of reviews you can get. So what you can build is really a perpetual motion machine or a virtuous cycle simply by asking for reviews. Um, on top of that, as you kind of mentioned earlier, a good Google My Business profile is really a social media profile. Well, the good news there is that a review counts as a post. And so a review to Google does enhance your profile, does mean that they're more likely to boost your profile every time you generate those reviews. I think we can talk a little bit more about how we generate reviews, perhaps in another podcast, but there are a lot of really cool ways to do that. The biggest thing I can say with reviews though is just don't ignore them. Whether you wanna ask clients for them, whether you want an automated system for review management, maybe you wanna just put a QR code on your front desk, whatever the case is, however you wanna start generating those reviews, it's not something that you can ignore. Every business that we talk to, in particular, if you work with consumers, you need to, have, you need to be generating reviews on your Google My Business profile. You know, Juan Pablo, one of the things you talked about earlier was just like how many different benefits there are to Google My Business. I think we've talked about some of the obvious ones, right? Like you show up for local search, you can you know, you can leapfrog some of the other competitors. It really helps with people with, you know, customers to better understand your business and what you do. What are some of the other like hidden benefits that that you can think of? And I'll, I'll start us off with one that that I can think of, which is it just helps your overall other SEO, right? Like having a Google My Business means that more people are gonna go to your website, Google's gonna like you more, so you're gonna show up more in SEO. That's a really easy benefit. What are some of the other benefits you see? Absolutely. The benefits of using Google My Business are manifold. I will talk about five. One, an increased online visibility. A well-optimized Google My Business profile means your business is more likely to appear in a local search result, making it easier for potential customers to reach you. Another one is enhanced customer engagement. Since Google My Business allows a direct interaction with your review, with your profile through reviews, Q&As, they're able to ask questions and answers, and even messaging. Once you set up your Google My Business profile, you can message a business directly. And this builds trust, but also provides an avenue for addressing their concerns and inquiries from that's, better that's SEO. Funny. We 
Sorry to interrupt you here, Juan Pablo, but I just realized we got this far into the conversation and maybe didn't even realize one of the most valuable benefits of Google My Business, which is just literally people being able to map to you, <laughs> um, like how often your your existing consumers or even prospective consumers are just going to use your Google My Business to map to you. Like literally, this is oftentimes how people find your physical location is a Google My Business profile, which is then in Google Maps, which is what, as far as I know, everybody uses to navigate from point A to point B. Uh, it's just funny to me because there's so many positive like features of this tool that so many people aren't taking advantage of. We didn't even talk about like just the obvious one at the top. Yeah, that's why if you do anything, make sure you claim and verify your listing and second, make sure you have accurate and consistent information. Your address, your phone number, your hours of operation, the days that you open and close. If you're missing any of those, you're going to lose trust for the customer. But if you if you close at 8 p.m. and it says on the Google profile that you close at 8 p.m., people would trust that. But if they show up and the doors are closed and the Google My Business says that it's open, they might not come back. So it's very important for you to have your right address, right phone number, so that people can get to you. We talked about uh, the mobile convenience. It's like, that well, was my next step. People are on their phones. They're looking for your services. A Google My Business profile ensures that your business information is easily accessible on Google Maps, allowing customers to navigate directly to your location. And then the last benefit that I'll talk about is free advertising and cost savings. It is free. It's a free platform that offers extensive visibility and marketing opportunities. It's cost-effective way for a business to promote their offerings and attract new customers without expanding on traditional advertising channels. And like Graham said earlier, if you're spending time on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, but you're a business that people can drive to and call, you should really be focusing on setting up your Google My Business, putting posts in there, and you were gonna, you're going to get a lot more bang for your buck because people, when making a business decision, they're not on Instagram or Facebook. They're going to Google search or Google Maps. That's exactly right. You know, I think we've kind of fleshed out Google My Business and like what it is and why it's it's beneficial. The biggest thing I would say just to kind of wrap up the YGMB conversation is that it is a Google product. Google is the you know, it's the 800 pound gorilla for search. When people are finding things, when people are just interacting with the internet, Google is what they use. It just makes a ton, a ton, a ton of sense to play in their sandbox with them. If Google's saying, hey, we've got this Google My Business and we're gonna start showing this to people, we should absolutely use that. Before we did finish this conversation though, I wanna go over just some of the steps that you can take if you've never claimed it or you've never used it, like how you can actually go ahead and start making your Google My Business work for you. First thing, you can always call us. You can always reach out to us. We would love to have a consultation with you or even work on this with you or for you. But if you're in a spot where you really want to kind of bootstrap and take care of this yourself, first things first, Google yourself. Google your business and see if there is a listing that is already there. Oftentimes, Google will create one automatically, and there might even be some reviews there. You just need to go in and claim it. If there is nothing, you can go ahead and you can log into or create a Google My Business account, and then go ahead and start the process of creating your Google My Business. There's a few ways that they authenticate, but basically Google does want to authenticate with you that you are the business in that actual location and you are the business owner. That can be phone, it can be postcard. There's a few different ways depending on what 
you choose. The next thing I would suggest is fill out your Google My Business. Be as complete and thorough and accurate as possible. Like you said, Juan Pablo, you wanna have up-to-date business hours because you want to be trustworthy. This truly is a resource and should be thought of as such. It should be as accurate as possible. If you're in a suite in a building and you're sharing your address with two other suite mates, put that you're suite two or suite C or whatever. Be as accurate as you possibly can. To the degree you're able, if there's like a tip or a trick or there are local landmarks near you, put that in the description. You know, if you're located in a major shopping center or inside of a mall, put that in the description there. As much information as you can possibly get. The next thing I would say, and I think this is something that gets overlooked a lot, photos, photos, photos. Put really nice photos of the outside of your business. Put really nice photos of the inside of your business. Put photos everywhere you possibly can of your Google, of your actual store, pictures of your staff, whatever it is, inundate that thing with photos. Your Google My Business should have more photos on it than your social media account for sure. This is an opportunity for people to come and look at that. Taking that one step further, I would say continue to update with photos. If you have new photos, if a client comes in and they're really happy, take a picture of them. Whatever the case is, make sure that you're uploading those photos. Next thing, link to the website on your Google My Business. Make sure that's there. On your website, make sure you link to your Google My Business as well. We want these things to work together. Anywhere you can include a link to your Google My Business, I suggest that you do so as well. And then finally, kind of the last thing here, one of the last things I would do is I would go into generating reviews. Again, reviews are like one of the most powerful things that we can do to drive customers through our doors. It's called social proofing. People love when their peers or other people that they know have done something and said something positive about it. That's what reviews are. If you can generate reviews, you are going to have so many more people coming through your door and excited to see you when they do because their peers are gonna have left reviews or even have told them, hey, I just went here and I left a review for them. I liked it so much. So really Google My Business, a few easy steps to get it set up and going and all the benefit in the world. Did I miss anything, Juan Pablo? What else should we talk about here with Google My Business? Anything we should absolutely make sure we mention? Just on two points is that uh, when you put photos and videos, try to put high quality visuals. If you have to get a photographer to come out and use a nice camera, or if you have a fancy phone, make sure you have good lighting and put photos that attract the customers. And because they people can post photos on your profile, but you also have the power to post, you know, present yourself in the best manner and just keep it updated. Go in there once a month or every few weeks, just update it. If you're gonna close doors on Memorial Day or Mother's Day, update it. It goes a long way for customers. For sure. Stay engaged with your audience on there. One last thing that I, I personally love about GMB is that you mentioned holidays. Like It'll send you an email. It sends emails and it says, are you open on this date? It works with you to help keep it updated so that you're cut. Like, it really understands the brief of what Google My Business is. It is an information repository for prospective clients or current clients or customers, right? And so it will help you stay up to date on it. It sends us once a month like reports. How many people visited the website from your Google My Business? How many phone calls did you you receive all of that stuff Google like helps you with and so it's a great tool not only to grow your business but as you were mentioning with like the reviews but to gain insights into what's working what's not working and how you can get better moving forward yeah I wanted to say one advanced tip before we get off is that you can automate your reviews for your business there are tools and ways to uh, your customers get an automatic text message or email after they engage with your business so you don't have to be chasing people down but maybe we talk about that and how to 
generate reviews and the ways to generate reviews in another episode. You know, as we we do on Transmission here, before we sign off, we always want to talk a little bit about like one piece of pop culture that we're finding interesting to marketing right now. Mine and something that I, I'm I've been thinking a lot about lately is kind of the takeover of old brand. Um, I was thinking about this as I watched Dungeons and Dragons, and it, it's like colon something something something. I don't know. I don't know the whole title, but. Anyway, it's like not really a Dungeons and Dragons movie. I mean, I never played Dungeons and Dragons, but it's really just kind of a fantasy heist movie that they branded Dungeons and Dragons, I think, to get more people to go see it. And kind of thinking about the same thing, there's a new Blackberry movie coming out. There was just a Tetris movie on Apple TV. I recently did watch, and I think we even talked about here, Air, the Nike movie. But what this has me thinking about specifically as it relates to Dungeons and Dragons is just how powerful and valuable brand can be. Brands do move. Good brands, whether it's yours or somebody else's, they do create emotional attachments with consumers that stick with consumers largely throughout their life. And Dungeons and Dragons, I think, is a great example of that. It's like, I don't think that needed to be a Dungeons and Dragons movie, but by calling it a Dungeons and Dragons movie, they had a built-in audience and were able to attract more people to them. How do we relate this back to what we do? Be clear, be consistent, and be solid in what your brand is and what it does, and do not ignore it. Your business is not just the people there, though the people there are very important. It's not just what you do. It is also how you position yourself and how you brand yourself to the broader market. Those things do have value, and they will help consumers not only stick with you longer, but find you and want to be a part of what you're doing. Juan Pablo, what have you been paying attention to this week? So I've been watching the NBA uh, conference finals in uh, one of the best places for commercials in the world. Man, like they do, they have the best commercials for the NBA around this time. You know, I look at the uniforms, and there's new brands that are being introduced that I never recognized, and now I recognize them because they're in the players' uniforms. An example is this BB Go that the Lakers have on their shirt. I never knew what BB Go Go was. Sure, but now. I saw a commercial and I was like, oh, I know that brand. And I guess they save you money if you buy through them and you get points back. But anyways, you know, we have these brands saved in our head. But it, when brands integrate into popular culture, you get introduced to newer brands. makes you want to try new things. Crypto arena. It's, it's huge. And you say, I watch the commercials. I'm glad I don't drink no more, but it seems like the commercials can make somebody an alcoholic because they're all alcoholic. <laughs> sure. Uh, you know, what I hear you talk about this, like what I think about is just the power of familiarity, not anything more than familiarity, like simply seeing something over and over and over again, whether you have like any value attached to it or not you know like there's brands that you'll see for years on a basketball jersey and you'll like not give it a second thought but then all of a sudden you're going to make that purchase you're it's time for you to like dive into that world what do you do you probably buy the brand that's been on the shirt for 10 years that you weren't really thinking about but you've heard of it before and the simple fact that you've heard of it before is brand equity and means you're more likely to choose that brand it's not like a lot of what we do, a lot of marketing is about getting people to buy. Sometimes it's just about getting people to know who you are so that when they do buy, they pick you. Yeah, I saw this commercial about Chipotle. I still want Chipotle. I need to go probably this week and get me a bowl. For sure, man. And like Chipotle is such a great example of that because 
I mean, I'm old enough to remember before Chipotle was ever around. And before Chipotle, like there were no burritos. Like Chipotle had to raise awareness on like the giant burrito before people would even go in and buy it, right? Like I remember thinking like, what is this thing? This is just a giant tube. But they sold the concept and now Chipotle is one of the most powerful brands on earth. It's crazy. Man, it's been a good talk today, Graham. Likewise, Juan Pablo, it's always a pleasure. Please like and subscribe on Apple or Spotify or wherever you listen to your podcast. Feel free to find us on on social media. We're really rocking it there. Um, And then lastly, we're always available at alphacomarketingandmedia.com or just alphacomarketing.com, I should say. Really excited to interact with and interface with everybody. For you guys listening, thank you for tuning in today. We have more exciting episodes coming in. Stay tuned. In Transmission. Thank you for rocking with us.